Welcome to Drone Business Talk, the show where we discuss the business of unmanned aviation. Find out about the latest drone applications and trends as we talk to drone company CEOs, business owners, pilots, and thought leaders to reveal the status of the drone industry. Here is your host, Tom Verbruggen. Welcome to episode 22 of Drone Business Talk. We're back with our series on the pioneers of the drone industry, and today's guest is Nico from Drone Lions Academy in Switzerland. Welcome, Nico. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time and for having me. You're so welcome. Thank you for joining me as well. Um, Nico, could you maybe interest, uh, start by introducing yourself a little bit and um, explaining to the listeners what Drone Lions does? Yes, thank you. Of course, it's a pleasure. So my name is Nico Ninov. Um, I'm a drone expert since 2010, actually 2009 when we started building drones, but uh, it was flying 2010, so I count 2010 as, as the year starting. Um, today, typically our clients are small to mid-sized surveying and inspection um, companies, construction companies, as well as utilities, marketing and film companies who are really time constrained and need to pick up drone skills quickly in order to implement drone services in their businesses effectively. Um, since 2021, they need their drone pilot's license. Um, this is mandatory in Europe, but we do much more in the Drone Lines Academy. We don't just train them for the license and do the online exam with them. We take them into a business coaching as well afterwards. So um, after they buy the equipment, after they got their license and a trained pilot, we bring um, together other business elements, like, of course, the business case that has to be ready beforehand, but also how to find clients in their region, how to do the first cold calls, and actually how to perform a customer mission successfully. A surveying mission is something completely different than, for example, flying on a wedding, where you have this one moment that has to be in the drone um, SD card, and you have only one chance. So, the missions are completely different and we, we really emphasize um, during our coaching, we have a mentorship program for those um, companies where we lead them through really drone lions. We don't just, just educate drone pilots, but we enable them to become drone lions, which is the extra portion of business experience on top of the licensing and training. All right. I think, um, I think the, the fact that you, that you teach your pilots um, how they can be successful in the business is, is a very important and probably a very unique part for for an academy, um, because I think definitely in the early in the early stages of the drone industry, a lot of people got their license in the hope that it would be a gold mine as soon as they had their license, which it was obviously not. Um, so I think it's it's very it's very good of you and it's very productive um, to really teach people also how to be in a business, um, because a lot of the people that's that went into the drone business um, didn't really have a lot of experience with entrepreneurship and so on. Fully agree to that, yes. Um, the entrepreneurship and the people flying drones a couple of years ago were completely two different groups of people among, uh, there were some exceptions, but let's say the majority was really tech-driven and the others were business-driven and they tried to find together. Um, and a couple of years ago, I think it was 2015, we started building a platform to link those two people together. So the ones that need aerial images or videos and the ones who are experienced in creating this, but have no clue how to find customers or how to sell that as a service. 
And that was also the time when we founded our platform dronemaps24.com. Um, that is a platform where pilots can register for free and um, then the clients can click on a map and then it shows the pilots around that location. Um, at the moment it's working in Europe. So in Europe we have three and a half thousand um, pilots in that. And um, yeah, it's, it's quite a cool platform and, and it's a free link between the pilots and the ones who need aerial services. And the, pilot, the, the platform is completely free of charge. Um, how we finance it is, of course, sometimes the pilots come over to us and need a license or need further education or, of course, the, the business coaching. All right. That's very cool. That's very cool. Um, um, another thing that, that was very obvious, um, and I'm, I'm wondering what your vision is about that, is that um, whenever the drone industry started, like in the beginning of its hype, what is it, like five to eight years ago? of like let's say five to seven years ago a lot of people from um that, that didn't have any background in the aviation industry came and entered the very highly regulated aviation industry even though at that part the drone industry wasn't that highly regulated um how did you see it um because um i hear from some people that it is a big advantage if you've had experience in aviation to enter the drone market and I heard from other people as well that it's a lot easier to enter the drone market without aviation um, experience because then you're a lot more open to the new kinds of rules that come with an aviation part. So for me personally, um, I don't have experience in aviation. Um, I work with many people with experience in aviation. Um, but I work also with many people with experience in, in business, like building a business from scratch, creating a startup and bringing that to a, to a five, six digit um, company. And my personal opinion on that question is really um, the ones without experience in aviation nowadays have the better chances because they are not um, so much um, down to, to um, checklists and um, doing doing things perfectly right and filling out the forms correctly, which is not a bad thing at all. If you're flying in a risky situation, that's the only thing to do. But sometimes it's about uh, like taking more time to, um, to dive deep into the customer needs and what is actually the customer. That the customer is in focus, right? So you have to understand what the customer needs and then afterwards find the right things to offer to that client and not the other way around. You don't have to force the client to do a lot of, um, let's say, bureaucracy or a lot of um, uh, typical uh, steps that are necessary in the in the aviation industry, especially with manned aircraft. Um, but with unmanned, especially with lighter drones below 250 grams, um, it's much easier to fly and also to get approvals to fly and um, fly in, in a way that you uh, fulfill the regulations, but you take time to understand the customer needs and um, customers are always time constrained. They don't have time to understand all the regulations that you're throwing at them. Um, they only just need a solution for their problem. So and, and at the end, they need a simple yes or no. Can you do that mission for me? Yes or no. Whatever you have to do in the background as a pilot, that's your skill. I just need an answer as a client. Can you do that mission? And the ones that understand that are typically the ones that come from a business background rather than from the aviation background yeah i i understand completely um i think 
Um, you're, you're definitely right. It's, it's a pilot's responsibility to make sure that everything is prepared and that everything is done the way it's supposed to be done. Um, but what advice would you give um, to, to drone operators that have to communicate with clients? Um, because what you often see, um, a client just says, okay, I need this job done by that day at that time, it needs to be done. Then as a pilot, you have to communicate like, hey man, I'm sorry, that's not enough time to get your approval or it's going to be bad weather or there's a note on that I cannot fly that day. Um, it's often can be very difficult for the customer to understand and it sometimes results into um, illegal flights or too dangerous flights that, that are happening because of pressure from the customers. Which What advice would you give to those pilots to make it easier to communicate? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, so typically when, when this occurs, I mean, beside of the weather, that's probably something that you can't influence if, if you need sunshine for a shot and it's really cloudy and rainy. But if you need regulation-based um, approvals, um, rather than flying without the approval, I would definitely recommend to think over the mission. Maybe there is another flying path. Maybe you can have a, a bigger distance with a, with a zoom camera instead. Um, there are a lot of technological and operational risk mitigations that you could perform to still do the flight, even with, with other um, equipment or, let's say, rules around it to be still in the regulation, but not to say no to the client. So my advice would definitely be think outside of the box or outside of the drone or outside of the no-fly zone, if, you, if I may say so, and um, really think about how you could fulfill this thing that the client needs. Because when the client approached you, typically he didn't say, hey, can you start there? Can you fly 121 meters high? But the regulation is 220. Um, and can you fly that waypoint exactly? Typically, they ask you, hey, there is a building. Can you get me shots from north, northwest, east, and south? And then it's up to you to define the mission and the mission objectives, um, how to fulfill the mission. So be creative in the mission um, objectives. Be creative in the, in the mission um, uh, perimeters that you set up, like distances, um, safety measures. And then uh, make sure you you can still fulfill the basic need of the client for this project. I think that is very 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 good advice. Um, you started with with drones in 2009 2010. Um, the Drone Lines Academy was was started in 2016. Um, that is very early um, to start with the drone business. Is there something as being too early in the market? Um, honestly, I'm happy that we started so early because that was a time when there was no licenses, there were no regulations besides it has to be below 25 kilograms. <laughs> um, that gave me a lot of possibilities to, to do really great shots of areas where today it's really complicated to get the approval from. Um, but um, I think starting a drone business, um, even as, as a side business, like buying a, buying a drone, I mean, I have a Mavic here on, on the table. Um, that one is even with infrared camera. And there are so many applications that you can do with a drone with a regular camera. There are so many applications that you can do, um, for example, with infrared or with other equipments. Um, and often when, when people um, call us and are thinking about starting a drone business as a site or as a main business or adding services to their companies, 
Um, that's also one of their first questions. Is it, is it too early? Uh, am I the first adopter? And the, the answer is definitely no. The drone industry is booming and um, it's still time to join. There are still less pilots, less experienced pilots. I'm not talking about the, um, the hobby pilots only, but really less experienced pilots than the, the needs in the market. Specifically for a region, if you have one experienced pilot in a radius of two, 300 kilometers, um, and there are multiple clients in this radius, then this one experienced pilot cannot fulfill all the missions. So uh, still in many regions uh, throughout Europe, there are, there are less pilots with, with a specific experience than um, the needs of, of, of the clients. Um, and when you start a business or add a drone service to your existing business, it's very important to focus, to really focus, focus, focus on a specific segment and become an expert on that segment. Um, I think I might have a slide on that. Let me just quickly swap a couple of slides here. Um, I have an overview slides of the segments, which are at the end of my deck. Um, I think this makes it pretty clear why it's important to focus and to really pay attention on one specific segment at the beginning. And then, um, become the expert in that particular segment. I think it's, um, yeah, here we go. So um, basically it's um, focusing on a segment. Um, for example, take, take solar inspections if, if you have the, um, the money to buy a drone with an infrared camera or take, um, take the, um, the surveying of construction sites if you just have photo camera and become really the expert in that segment in that region. That will make you really the drone expert in, in your region. And then, of course, the advertisement part of, of your service is important. Get clients, build a good website, have uh, like the, your online business card ready with, with um, the different portals like channels, LinkedIn, and so on. Um, and make sure that people see you in your region and have then the perceived um, value of your experience in your particular segment that you have selected. And then make sure that the happy clients, the first three, four, five clients, maybe you do a very special rate for them to get reference projects. Um, and those first five clients have to be the ones um, giving you also reference pictures and videos for your website and so on. And also the clients that um, speak openly about the quality of your service and the quality of the mission that you've performed for them because that's actually what matters. Really the customer feedback and testimonials from customers make you the expert. I think you're, you're again, of course, uh, 100% right. It's something that we, that we see far too often is that a drone industry or a drone operator is focused in solar inspections, but also in wedding photography and also in um, volume measurements in photography. They're experts in everything. Um, but of course, no customer believes that, and they'll just look for the photogrammetry expert of Belgium and hire that one. Um, you can see it in, in the most successful drone companies as well. They're the ones that are specialized in one specific thing, like power line inspections or security work and stuff like that. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about how big the operation is at drone lines, how many students you have, how many, how many trainings, how many flights you do there? 
Yeah, sure. So um, on our platform, we have uh, three and a half thousand pilots registered all, all over Europe. Um, from, from the licensing point of view, we have uh, coached and trained more than 500 of them from Germany, Switzerland, Austria. So that's basically our radius of, of live training um, in front of them and everything else goes online. And um, at the moment, our platform uh, receives um, something between uh, 20 to 25 customer requests per week. And um, of course, there are regional, uh, regionally um, seen, there are a couple of um, pilots that could fulfill a mission, two or three pilots per request. And then that's why it's called Drone, um, drone Maps 24. Uh, they have 24 hours to reply to a request and then um, prepare their offer through the platform to the client. So that's, that's roughly the KPIs of, of the platform. And um, from the training perspective, uh, we are doing the um, coaching webinars at the moment four times per week. We have uh, 10 exams per week with uh, six people in each of the exams um, regularly in, in online format. And um, those clients or those, those pilots, of course, then get educated, get certified, and roughly 20% of them only <laughs> um, opt in for really the business coaching and mentorship afterwards. Um, some of them opt in immediately. Some of them want to try first and then come back after a couple of weeks when they figure out, okay, it's nice flying. Now I have uh, enough beautiful pictures and videos, but I haven't seen one customer mission. So what, have, what do I have to do? And then we, we come over again with the advice, focus on a segment, pick your segment, and then we can train you on that segment to become an expert and find clients in your region. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about portraying yourself as the specialist uh, of your field. Um, let me see what, what, okay. What do I, what I wanted to ask is um, definitely when, when you're teaching um, new pilots, um, things can go wrong, obviously. So risk assessment and safety, um, I assume is a big part of, of what you teach and what you, what you provide at the Troll Minds Academy. Um, how do you manage um, your safety and, and your risks um, when training new, new pilots at the Drone Lines Academy? Right. So if we do the trainings um, in person, so out in the field, um, of course, uh, we take fields where we have enough um, safety buffer uh, in, in the air, uh, so nothing can, can happen. Um, but during, already during the theoretical preparation um, towards the exam, they learn a lot about um, safety um, measures and also risk assessments. They, uh, basically, we train our pilots to um, think about risks first. <laughs> Sounds a bit pessimistic, but um, typically that's, that's what you have to do before you start a job. Then you can get enthusiast and really, um, and, and really motivated and positive to fly it. But before you take off, we train them to really think twice, go through the checklist in order to not forget anything and then take off. So really think of the risks that can happen. What are the mitigation barriers that you have put inside and then take off with really a good feeling that you have done everything possible from your side so nothing dangerous can happen. Absolutely. Um, more, more, of a, more of a general question maybe now. What is, what is one of the biggest challenges that you face right now as the Drone Lines Academy? Um, still not having enough pilots. I mean, not from commercial point of view, but from um, mission fulfillment point of view. Beside of the requests that we receive on our platform, 
there is another um, free of charge segment, let's say, with, um, with passion. Um, so there are also free segments with volunteer help. Um, we also have the equipment uh, to give to, to pilots uh, during the period. I'm talking about the fawn rescue missions. Um, I don't know, have, have you heard of fawn rescue with a drone? No, not at all. Please okay. explain. Yeah, let me let me quickly explain it. It's 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 really a beautiful story. Um, fawn, so so the small, um, uh, basically a baby deer, right? The fawn. Um, when they are born, they stay uh, really in the grass. They don't smell, and their only instinct to protect themselves is don't move, don't make a noise, don't smell. <laughs> um, so even even uh, dogs of the hunters won't find them. And uh, sometimes the grass is really high, so it, it sometimes goes up to the shoulders. And um, then at that point in time, when they are born, it's unfortunately um, exactly the same point in time when the farmers want to get their grass cut. And typically they have machines um, driving at least with 25 to 30 kilometers per hour with a 10 meters cutting um, device in front of the, um, of the, of the machine. And um, there is no chance for, for the fawn to escape. So basically, they get cut. Uh, and and um, unfortunately, they don't die immediately. Typically, just the legs are cut off and they die over many hours, which is the worst thing of the story. And now the good thing is, since we have drones with thermal cameras, with uh, infrared cameras, then the picture looks um, a little bit like that one here behind me. So you, we basically scan um, acres of, of grass before uh, the farmer comes uh, to, to, um, to mow the, the grass. And then uh, we see them on the infrared camera as, as a hotspot. So it really looks like, like the white or yellow dot here in the picture. And then we have um, communication to the helpers. They are typically around the field. Some of them are already in the field. And we navigate them from above to go directly to the fawn. And it's really funny that fonts are like the size, the size of the Mavic probably, or even smaller. And um, especially when the grass is, is quite high, uh, you see from above where the fawn is, you see from above where the helpers are to take the fawn out of the grass. And sometimes they really um, walk half a meter away from the fawn, and then you have to tell them over, over communication, stop, turn around 90 degrees. One feet, ahead, one feet ahead, turn around 90 degrees, and there you should see it right in front of you. So it's really a, a funny and really um, emotional um, yeah, story how, how really there are special segments out there with uh, free segments, what we call them, with volunteer help, where the exp uh, equipment is expensive, of course, but it's also a fantastic way to learn. So um, everybody who, who wants to learn how to use thermal cameras, wants to learn how to communicate correctly to spotters and to other um, peers during drone operations, get into your phone rescue um, club in your area. I'm pretty sure there is one around you. Um, contact them and then um, get involved and uh, also ask the pilots um, if you can try their drones. And if you have the, the finance um, to, to have an own thermal camera, of course, bring in your camera, bring in your drone uh, with, with the thermal camera and, and the time, it's really worth it. It's 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 I didn't know it's crazy that they just stay still in the grass. That that's, that that is their only thing that they do. It's maybe it not yeah. maybe not nature's finest hiding technique. Yeah. Um, the season is like one to two months only. Um, 
and you have to get up early because as, as soon as the sun um, rises and shines on the grass, then the, the delta temperature is too, too low to detect them. Um, yeah. But you have like everything between five o'clock in the morning and nine o'clock um, is that's the time frame where you where you run. And yeah, that's um, that's the biggest pity that we still don't have enough pilots, even if we would have enough equipment um, that volunteer for those type of operations. And it, it's a perfect area to learn. Um, it's free of charge if you if you join just as a pilot or as a help first. And it's, it's a lot of fun to, to really um, get involved in, in the community and really get the knowledge out of it. It's it's a beautiful project, um, and if anyone is still in doubt, you should definitely definitely join them. Um, Nico, I have I have one last question, mm-hmm. um, and that is, what do you think is going to be the next big thing in the drone industry? Um, I'm struggling to select between uh, transportation of people and transportation of goods. <laughs> I think one of the two will make the race. Probably transportation of goods will go first, um, especially for urban areas where you have uh, skyscrapers and the distance from rooftop to rooftop is much shorter than going all the way down and all the way up again. Um, There are some some, um, test projects of that uh, around the world already, but I think this density will rise a lot. And then afterwards, transportation of people will probably follow. When do, you, when do you think we, we will be able to see transportation of people? I know it's it's a guess. Um, I've, I've heard anything from between five years and 30 years. Yeah. I mean, there are air taxis already fly, flying around in Dubai, for example, but that's pilot projects. Um, I think it will be affordable for, for um, regular people like you and I. Um, to really book an air taxi in about 10 to maximum 15 years from now. Yeah, I think, I think that's, a, that's a pretty good estimate. Um, I think that's a very important thing that you say when normal people can afford it, because obviously the first ones um, are going to be crazy expensive. Um, Nico, that was all of my questions. Do you have something? You probably have something that you want to promote yourself um, to the listeners. Um, yes, please. So um, if, you, if you are thinking about um, building up a drone um, service business, be it as a side business, be it as an added service to your existing company, or if you're just a pilot and want to start first, we also have um, a webinar or a one-on-one um, coaching, 45 minutes. Um, we call that Find Your Segment. So it, 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 it is addressed to people who just want to find their segment. and um, Typically, that, that um, costs some uh, 99 euro. So um, for your listeners, I would make that uh, half price. So um, I can uh, put, put the link everywhere you need it with, with the half price discount, because I think that's a very important step in the life of every drone pilot to really find your segment, become expert in that, and um, really understand what's important of that segment and not just flying around and taking pictures. So that would be something I would really um, appreciate and and uh, would love to welcome everybody out there who wants to become not just a good drone pilot but wants to become a drone lion thank absolutely you absolutely wonderful um i will definitely put uh, the links uh, in the podcast descriptions and on the facebook and linkedin posts and so on so that people uh, know where to find you um nico thank you so much uh, for joining me on this uh, on this wonderful uh, episode
and uh, I hope uh, I see you soon. Thank you very much for having me. Wish you all the best and uh, yeah, stay safe and of course, fly safe. Thank you very much.